I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in the Pacific Palisades, where the weather is hot, but thankfully in this palm-shaded neighborhood of L.A., the people who deliver stuff are cool, including whoever it is who tosses a bunch of fresh news, information, opinion, and a soupçon of sports coverage onto our driveway every day. And I'm Scott Blakeman in Brooklyn, New York, with another homage to CBS Sunday Morning. This Sunday paper, the one day of the week when you could take your time leafing through the varied sections of your neighborhood newspaper of choice. The New York Times has been a constant in my life. The only thing that's changed is which section I tackle first. As a teenager, the sports section would pique my interest the most. I would eagerly check how my local teams had fared, although those dreaded late games on the West Coast would usually be missing, with a rather haughty explanation that, quote, the game began too late to be included in this edition. So it's the fault of the game, not the newspaper. My goodness. Well, Scotty, I've been a news addict for decades since my first New York Times in the mid-1970s, and, well, I remember it like yesterday. Better, actually. I was staying in my girlfriend's parents' apartment in New York, overlooking Washington Square from the 21st floor. The year was 1976. <laughs> get down, boogie yogi yogi. Get down, boogie yogi yogi. Boogie yogi by Taste of Honey. <laughs> it was my favorite time of the day. I hope that, that uh, little rendition got you in the 70s mood. Oh, uh, it absolutely did. I was, and I, I hope the royalties, the Aztec <laughs> people, because that seemed like you literally, Taste of Honey dropped in, yeah, in, in, you know, the studio. Yeah, no, uh, that that well, well, we'll we'll discuss that with the lawyers yes. later. But it was my favorite time of day: breakfast, a pot of coffee, a bagel, and the New York Times. Well, many years saw many changes, but I never stopped reading the Times. Why? <laughs> In 1978, new sections were added, science in particular. They were like new members of our family. Each section of the paper was like a baby, and we in the New York Times Village of Readers were helping to raise it. But one sibling was neglected by me. Mm, you know, Tommy, surprisingly, I was initially put off by these newfangled weekday specialty sections, seeing them as unnecessary fluff. I remember sitting there with my roommate at the time, our friend Marty Peterson, I'm thinking I'm purist. It should be the two sections, the news. And then the second had the sports and business. And I really, but I soon grew to appreciate them, especially Tommy, the home section. Uh, and although I've almost always lived in modest dwellings, I thrilled to the smartly designed homes. And I love the ads for modern furniture and bedding. And sadly, oh, I guess a couple of years ago, the home section was retired. And it's especially missed in these times when a home is where we always are. Now, some will say, well, how about the at-home section of the Times? Well, that's far inferior. It really has a parade magazine sensibility, which is out of place in the cosmopolitan times. Uh, so true, Scotty. So, so very, very true. And, and I, uh, I, 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 too, enjoy, I actually did enjoy these new features. Uh, the one feature that I alluded to earlier on that I had neglected was not a new feature. It was an old feature, as old almost as the newspaper itself. Yes, yeah, Scotty. It's the section you were talking about earlier. The yeah. one section I had little interest in, and I'm almost ashamed to admit it, was the sports section. Mm. I know. 
I'm in the minority of guys, and that's putting it mildly. I'm a fan. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Well, even when it was, um, even when the section reported on my one sport, and that's another thing I'm confessing, I'm a one sport. Now, what that, what might that be? Uh, um, well, here's the. This is an interesting uh, thing about. Uh, certain guys right and 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 i put the word certain in quotes because it may be that there's just me i'm the only example of this but uh you know it seems to me i'm sure in your case in the case of my my siblings they're not just baseball fans they're hockey fans basketball fans and football fans I am only the fan of one sport at a time. I can only, uh, I used to be a, a baseball fan and I eschewed all other sports, uh, uh, professional sports. I didn't ever care about them. And then, Scotty, then at some point in the late 1960s or early 1970s, I became a football fan. First college and then NFL and then all football and all teams and 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 only football, no other sport at all. So, and 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 I don't, I I I I sort of resent the term one sport. Like when people say, "Hey, there goes one sport," you know. I I, I but now I I just I take it on as a badge of honor. Like yeah, well, you could be like the sporting life. I love that expression. Or even better, well, how's it doing, old sport? Yeah, yeah, the very Those clubby. Those, you know, Ivy League thing, and, exactly. and that's one sport. It's not old sports. They don't say that. <laughs> old sports. So you're really actually what it should be. You're the model. You're a one sport gentleman. Well, well, I I, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> uh, that that I might be aspirational. That other people might dream of one day only being a one sports person. And and but 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 I I have a feeling right now, people like me are stigmatized and 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 despite your your glowing effort to spin it uh, positively. And I appreciate it, Scotty. And in a way, it almost brings a tear to my eye. But the, unfortunately, the tear didn't quite make it to my eye. And then it just sort of went back into wherever the tear ducts are formed. <laughs> well, you know, Tommy, with, with the sports, I, I must say a little personal thing, because I always love to tell our personal stories. On yesterday's episode, you walked me through and uh, the best anecdote I've ever told, thanks to you. But I actually, the sports section was more than just something I looked at. It was personal. What? What 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 could not assign a professional reporter to every high school. Can you imagine if you were, if you imagine you're a sports reporter for the New York Times, what do you cover? Oh, high school sports. Wait, what? I'm going to try to high school sports. Just say that again. High school sports. That's what I cover. High school sports. They cover that? But actually, Tommy, uh, as many of our listeners know, but you're you, saying actually... you did as a high school kid. Well, that's but a actually, fabulous job. I if did. Well, adult, first I will... it's, it's demeaning. Well, I will a high say school to kid, it's the greatest uh, high school news job you can have. Well, maybe in New York, but actually what I found in my travels across this great country, and we are a great country, we've just lost our way. But with Joe, I'm sorry, I'm just the Democrats are paying me now to insert uh, <laughs> vendor paid ads. But anyway, 
Uh, no, actually, it's huge in other places. In fact, I was in Syracuse, which is lovely up there. And yeah. in the Friday night sports, they have extended half hours, only high school sports. And they have video of every single high school game. So the rest of the country or much of the country, it is huge because they don't, especially cities that don't have a professional team. High, and how about Friday Night Lights? Yes. In, in Texas. So yes. Not yep. to, but yes, Midland right. and, and Odessa, so, Texas. It's huge. And sadly, I even saw in the news yesterday, Alabama, all these places are having football games and high school and the kids are packed together, no masks. And they even said at one point, if you don't put your masks on, we're going to stop the game. So yeah, I saw that. That continues. Yeah. But Tommy, um, but anyway, but no, York, but this oh, is, no. this is fascinating, Scotty. I mean, there's so many things to drill down in. I, I feel like I'm in the West Texas oil patch in 1920. <laughs> when... hitting, hitting, drilling, go. Yeah. Well, I'll tell oh, you quickly <laughs> what, is, what it was. Because, uh, again, in New York, you know, it was a public schools athletic league or PSAL. Uh-huh. And uh, Abraham Lincoln High School where I went. And so literally, I, I don't, I'm not sure I got the job. And I think I got $15 a game. I'm not sure. Oh, that's uh, fabulous. But you get to there. put, but that probably helped you get into Medill School of Journalism. Well, I certainly put it on my resume. I'd say high school football correspondent, New York Times. For the New York so, Times, you can't, yeah. you can't beat that. No, no. Football correspondent for the New York Times. So I know. They actually said, got things. So, okay, we've taken a roundabout way to, the, to, to getting to this uh, amazing, amazing story. And I don't think there's a single podcast right now, sports related or otherwise, that are covering the story of a of a high school kid with a dream and <laughs> a big newspaper with a heart. <laughs> and a kid, yeah, a kid with a dream. And that kid was me. And, uh, you know, Tommy, I think we've talked about before, um, uh, number one, and maybe once we start going to visual uh, yeah. accompaniment, I did my own sports newspaper starting at age 13 called Sports Today on Loose Leaf Paper, now, and I wrote now, it. That yeah. is fabulous. I hope you included a copy of that in your application to Medill. Please. Well, I certainly talked about it. Uh, did you actually to- in your interview? Well, you know, I don't think in those days we had an in-person interview uh but i think i probably did say uh, you know also because my high school uh journalism uh, i was on the school newspaper in high school i think i referred to that so i think i did yeah that, the that, school newspaper but i gotta say starting your own yeah. paper at such an early age yeah uh, how yeah. old were you you say you were eight 13, 13. 1968 and yeah, i remember that's i did so it unusual yeah and i sadly um no one else read it except me once in a while i'd show it to my parents but i I wrote it. I did ads. I um, for things that I liked, and I well. Did when you say weeks. sadly, um, I, I think every entrepreneur starts out. Uh, their first um, customer is their parents, right? Yes, so of course. Yeah, to yeah. me, that's a that's a necessary first step in absolutely in the, in the building of a newspaper. Well, so, I guess yeah, uh, the building uh, part. I, mean, I had the weekly yeah. buzz. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't get my parents to buy a copy. I. <laughs> I tried. I kept coming up with stories, uh, extracts to read all about it. Uh, my brother Howard hogs the to- the toothbrush. No, wait, there wasn't one family toothbrush. Never mind. Um, the uh, you get the point that I'm trying to make. So I had yeah. a weekly newspaper too, and I had to sell it to my brothers and sisters. And I only had sold one sister, it at least. So made yeah, it hard. I, but I admire that you were able to sell it. I, I uh, well, went on sell the free, a free business model and. Yeah, uh, I did start with the sports today, and then I even 
uh, when this leads into you know, one of the things I found in my garage as I'm moving mm-hmm. was copy paper. I had this machine. I don't know if you remember it. It only came out for a short time because it wasn't good. It was a copy mate copier. And it was a personal copier. And I remember it was the most pathetic thing because, you know, otherwise you'd have to go to a copy place. So you had this machine and it grinded and made sounds and smelled, <laughs> and it had this blotchy dark page would slowly come out and it just didn't work ever. No, no but, but was it a miracle that it worked at all? I mean, I, and that was, yeah, it was miraculous. And then I, I mean, you had your first, own printing machine. I mean, I, that, yeah, it was miraculous. Yeah, the miracle. That's the power of the press. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going for, and I do. I still have that Sports Week. I said, let me print it out, and it didn't quite capture. But I, you know, I was happy to have it. But what I, mean, it didn't I, quite it, capture. Well, it because it just came out all splotchy and so dark it didn't and, really print well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have my own um, uh, anecdote, Scotty, and as you yeah. know, we we uh, uh, we feature anecdotes on this uh, podcast, and sometimes we deconstruct them. So feel free to to take this one apart but uh, and put it back together in a different way. But my, um, my experience with publishing my newspaper, uh, my dad gave me as a present this kind of printing device that they had it that was a tray, a metal tray with this gelatin in it, right? <laughs> and what you did is you, you wrote onto or with a stylus through uh, some kind of a, almost like carbon paper. Then you laid the, uh, what you wrote down onto the gel tray, tray of gel. It's like ge- almost like jello, but harder. Mm. And, then, and then pull that thing off. And then you put, uh, pull that thing off. And now it has all the words backwards on the jello. Yeah. Think about it, Scotty. Wow. Now what's next? Well, you take a piece of paper, another piece of paper, and put it on the gelatin tray squish it down with your hand it's much like the i guess it's somewhat faster than the early kind of the very first press that you turned a big crank the the gutenberg press yeah somewhat faster than that but a little squishier and gooier squishier yeah but tommy let me interject in a moment as our listeners know and this puts a whole different light on things you your dad your family the family fine printing you bit because you had that what's that great machine the um uh, the, the Heidelberg presses we had. Well, and the engraved, the uh, letter yeah, press, and, and, letter and, press. Yeah, and, and which is the, now uh, very chic. And... type machine that, if yeah, you, which, if you which hit now the long you... key, it spits molten lead at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, All that now is a pretty penny. I mean, people pay a lot of money to have their cards engraved away. But so, couldn't you have gone to your uh, dad and said, Dad, I'm the weekly buzz. We'd like to have it professionally printed. Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, mm. any other kid would do that, right? But, well, <laughs> uh, my dad was more like, look, here's a tray of gel- gelatin. Print it yourself. And, and, well, he wanted and, you to learn how to and, like, you know, teach a man teach a how man, to fish. Give you know. a man a printed material. He <laughs> you know, can read for a, about an hour and a half. Teach a man <laughs> to print, and he, he can have a reasonably okay life going in limited limited but it's limited it's definitely limited uh but but that being said scotty uh i was excited also i I remember my dad did give me this other little pat platen press or whatever it's called a little thing with a hand crank it was wonderful it was a cute little thing that you used to print hand by hand um uh cards 
you know, business cards. But that really looked like a little printing press. It was made out wow. of metal. It had gears. Things moved, and 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 a plate revolved with ink. And I never got it to work. Never, <laughs> never. That's the, key. the gelatin thing. I got to work for a while. I, yeah, I, yeah. I did. The gelatin yeah. tray. I only press. dreamed of printing. I did. I did move to my. I have an Olympia manual typewriter. And I keep it. Oh, I'll sell it, but I just love it, and and uh, I don't use it. But and I typed my sports week on that. And you know what the little wrinkle was, Tommy? I got very bold. I used the orange color. There was remember there was an orange. Sometimes you could somehow do orange, and yeah, uh, that is so bold. I sports week, and <laughs> I, uh, you know, and I wrote, and I did get letters to the editor. You say, how oh, how can you get letters to the editor if no one read it? But Steve Albert, uh, the brother of Marv Albert. Is, is is three yeah. brothers who, who has uh, himself he, had a career or yes very career much so uh, yeah and he uh, i'll never forget when i was in northwest once he called me up i was in the radio station shed where you go through um albums to use on the radio show in wnur evanston and he comes hey you want to come over now uh, the cleveland crusaders are playing the chicago team in the whl the the, the defunct world hockey league and I could be the official scorer. And to this day, I regret. I said, no, I think because I probably had to go on the air, but I could have been in the booth uh, scoring the game. Scotty. Then, yeah, yeah. It almost reminds me of, the, of that uh, story that was told uh, <laughs> the other day where John F. Kennedy came to Libertyville and I was yeah. a huge fan. I didn't go. So yeah. you uh, spend the rest of your life uh, uh, with a big What player. if? Yeah, yeah, but uh, Tommy following you around. uh, Yeah, but it was uh, no, but so the whole. But I'm proud of that. I I even did um, uh, sports year at one point, and then I did dabble in news at once. Uh, I forgot what I called it, but I remember the headline, and I still have all this. Forty dead at Attica, Rockefeller. I had no choice. Highly disturbed by actions of inmates. That was my subhead, and I really thought this is um making a great contribution and uh, you know again I, I it was just for me though i was happy to to turn it out and um i did editorials and you know so uh that's we were, how it all gets started Tommy. Well, now that's why i believe in the printed newspaper still and i hope our listeners will still from time to time get a printed newspaper uh, delivered to your uh, residence well and 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 scotty i honestly believe that these uh, newspapers, as we still call them, yeah. will be uh, will will be incredibly valuable, treasured uh, artifacts of history going forward, and they already are. I mean, ancient, old, yeah. old eighteen sixty five newspapers, of yeah. the Civil War. They're they're in. Uh, you don't find them just in, in the bottom of people's bird cages. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> no. You see, no, in, no. in a museum, Scotty. And that's yes. why I say the sports section, which is now barely two pages. That's and sad, it's almost yes. all about which team is canceling which games and for how long in the future. And 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 uh, will there not be anybody playing that sport? And now you can call me a prescient futurist, Scotty. Yes. But I have a suspicion people will be listening to this podcast a thousand years from now. And I've said this before. Oh, I'll yeah. say it again. Two thousand, three thousand years from now, because this is the most unusual time in world history, right? Who, yes. who wouldn't want to know what we're saying to each other during these, this, these troubles thousands of years from now? So I take what we say very seriously. I have a feeling these people who are listening to us a thousand years from now are nodding 
in agreement when they hear my prediction that any sports section during this pandemic will one day be more valuable than its weight in gold to museums. Wow. Now, and I'm serious gold. about the weight yeah. in gold prediction, Scotty, provided we're just talking about the sports section, that only the sports section is weighed and no advertising uh, unless there are sports-related text on the other side of the page. Wow. I, I just uh, want to be clear about that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, weight. you're right about the sports section now. Uh, I will say it's it's added a little bit now, of course, now that, you know, even in its halting and way, baseball, you know, basketball, hockey is up and running. So you do have articles. But, yeah, as you're right, the feature stories generally, when will they get to play again and all that? In fact, before these sports started up again, it was all British, you know, it was all football, as they would call it, the Bundesliga in Germany, which and it was that was all it was. But it will <laughs> come back. Yeah, which I was like, that was the only thing that they would list. But I will say the time just to wrap my initial because i know i'm already getting the phone lines are lighting up what did you do for the new york times in high school basically it was this i just had to go to the i was going to the games anyway some of them i was the pa announcer and if let's say lincoln scored uh it would be lincoln uh, being a high school not, my high not school abraham person. lincoln now he was he retired by then the okay. president abraham lincoln he had a very short football well, career i think some people yeah. will, will say but there, there could have been descendants of Lincoln who played, uh, uh, who were your age, uh, who yeah. played uh, uh, on a, a nearby, you know, not nearby. Well, could have. Well, he probably you're, would you're be playing. Saying, and yeah, You're saying that the high school so the, itself. The high school, Abraham Lincoln High School. Abraham Lincoln. And, and so uh, they had a fine quarterback. Um, well, whatever his name was, maybe uh, Vinny Falcaro. I forgot the name, but it was, so it would be like, let's it's say. It's amazing that you. <laughs> well, there are names that I remember. Which actually, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, and that was actually before. So that was while I was in high school. So an opposing court, a quarterback, yeah. quarterback on an opposing team, and you remember, you may possibly remember his name. Probably That's not the an opposing. Astonishing. Well, I would love to take credit for that. It was at least many players on our team, and I remember there was a cornerback, oh. Lenny Vassone. There's some names that I remember, and I have a friend now, uh, Scott Mandel, who played on that team. And but anyway, I what basically my job was <laughs> simple. Just, okay, if Lincoln scored. So a pass from so-and-so to so-and-so, 27 yards. And I right. think I had to also keep track of certain other things. So anyway, generally I would, but sometimes I kind of didn't in my excitement of the game. So I remember once the guy was a little, well, who got that last touchdown? Oh, I think it was... Uh, I mean, Lenny uh, Biscone. Okay. Yeah, I think it was... Wait, he really? He got... So I think there were a couple of times where I was a little fuzzy on the details because oh, I get so excited really? about the game. Oh, that's that's yeah. But okay. I, they kept me I on. Hope they, our listeners, yeah, understand that this is this is rare when you hear in a podcast somebody who is uh, very proud of his past, as as Scott Blakeman is and should be, but is revealing something about well. Something about that that a lot of us really probably would have been happy to keep hidden and swept under the rug and and locked in a drawer somewhere. But you're bringing it out, Scotty. And so we can have a conversation about it. You're saying that some of the details in your high school reportage of uh, certain games, uh, you didn't have all the facts and figures did now I'm going to ask you a question and yeah. and uh, again you're not under oath so you may lie if you choose <laughs> um did you uh, did this in did this um let's say fudging of figures make its way 
into the New York Times. Oh, no, no. And this only happened, I believe, on one occasion. And it wasn't fudging. It was more like, I guess, in the excitement of the game, I couldn't quite say exactly. And I think they probably didn't include everything. So I think in that sense, some of it was like, so, you know. So somebody, maybe maybe the copy editor to say, okay, well, well, who made the last point? And you were like, oh, I'm not sure. You know, is yeah, that Yeah, so they just mean? dropped it. Yeah, they didn't make up a name. At that point, they you just sort of you didn't make yeah, up a name. No, they had enough to go by, I guess. Basically, but you they, they, said that you're not sure. You I wasn't sure. Yeah, I didn't make. Oh, anything. okay. Well, Scotty. Yeah. yeah. Now I. This is a tale of courage, a tale well, of honesty. You could have made up a name. You could have yeah. made up a, 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 a whole series of plays. You could have you you could have manufactured an entire game, but you didn't. Yes. You told the truth at every turn. You told the truth. Yes. And and if that didn't get you the Pulitzer Prize, then what is wrong with the Pulitzer Committee? Is what I want to know. And I think well, they, they have they some had that little to do some explaining they had a, to do. Well, in those days, and hopefully not now, the high school exemption. They didn't really consider that's high school right. Kids, you know, being the high, they were they, second class. You, yeah, we were cl- second class citizens. Hard to believe now. Hard to believe. Now. Literally, <laughs> a high schooler like myself did not was not treated the same way as a, a high level person in the New York Times. Uh, no, no, no. And, 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 and that's why you were overlooked uh, for the Pulitzer that yeah. you deserve. When Especially by yeah. point blank about one of the something that happened in the game and you didn't have that information and you just came out with it and said, I don't have that information. Right. Because I could have used Lenny Bassone's name again. Or any, any name. I could use real names. <laughs> Because they're not coming down. No one's checking. So, no, I was honest about it. And you were honest. It was fun. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't like the, the modern New York Times that, that say, well, you know what? Um, we don't believe uh, uh, in objectivity anymore uh, because that's fake. Uh, uh, we believe in, in, in telling the truth, which is about our feelings about the situation. You don't ascribe to that. Or you well, didn't that, at the that time. Well, that has never come into the sports section yet. That's one area where, you know, it's pretty much if the Knicks lost by a certain score that you could pretty much go by that, uh, you know, and uh, but right. no, you I've couldn't just say yeah. if it didn't fit your narrative, you couldn't then, you know, sort of spin it in a way that made it seem like the Knicks won a moral victory. No, no. And I and again, it was a wonderful experience for me. But it was and a that wonderful one, experience. Right. Yeah, one episode where I just didn't have the facts, but they, they you know, they had enough to go on. Well, and when I you say it's a truth. wonderful, t- I, I, I want to just say this about. Um, the anecdote, the, the, the uh, nobody wants to hear something is a wonderful experience. And this is the, the uh, uh, this is what anecdote tellers, um, uh, if I could cha- stress one thing about telling anecdotes, make sure you're talking about awful experiences. <laughs> and and th- that's what we want to hear. And well, how storytelling, in the end, yeah. It, 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 you tr- maybe triumphed or had a small victory, something like that. So well, they do. They do like that. Storytelling yeah. is usually about embarrassing things that happened to you. The time you yeah. were fired. Oh, we love that. It's very rarely. What was a really fun thing? You <laughs> did really they, they don't do one shows for that. So that's why I haven't really. Yeah. Sheldon if you can get rid of the word, unless you can say uh, yeah, uh, uh, those are words that um, they'll kill your anecdote when you when. You, oh, and we had such a good time. No, nobody wants to hear that. Uh, especially travel anecdotes. Uh, this is so important. Travel stories. People, the worst uh, events that happen to you on a trip 
cherish them because those are going to make the good stories later. Not, oh, when well, the sun came up at just the right time and, oh, we brought a, they brought us out a cappuccino and it was delightful. Nobody wants to hear those stories. Yeah, even though they should. Because I recently, sometimes the New York Times baffled me is what they devote full pages to. There was a travel serve, a woman who wasn't terrible, but she did a, did a road trip for some reason and all these things happened, but it wasn't big things. It was like, Oh, I had this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the longest really, I should have planned it better. That really was too long a drive, you know, from Sharon, Massachusetts, you know, Sharon, Connecticut. And it was sort of like, why is this anywhere interesting? But again, if it, was, if, it was, if it was like, Oh, she didn't, it didn't quite go as well as she wanted to. Now, if it was great, as you said, like this amazingly was no traffic. I felt refreshed. Every lodging I stayed in was clean and, you know, but no, it was all kind of this thing and then someone looked at me funny and it's just sort of, you're right. There's always the, right. the bias towards the not happy stories. Towards the not it. happy stories yeah. because, yeah. because people don't want to hear, they don't, first of all, they get jealous of your good experiences. That's, that, yeah. that's a flaw in the human being instead of being happy for you. But I, here's, the, here's something. I mean, we, we, people say, I'm very happy for you. How often do you think they mean it? And this answer <laughs> may surprise you. <laughs> yeah, probably almost none because you would say, that's really great. Like, but I'm really happy if you would so removed. <laughs> like I am all these extra words. So happy. Not even say for who yet? For then it's you. It's so really like, oh, I'm so great. But no, it's seconds, 12 seconds later. So clearly it's not. One quick thing, Tommy, when yeah. I remember there used to be the comic strip in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And, you know, I went there uh, two or three times before him and every, a lot of guys would. And they'd, we'd send postcards, which, again, is a, a piece of history. And the, the, somehow it wasn't planned, but it was just understood that your postcards would be how bad you were doing. Not that anyone believed you were, but that's what you'd write. Well, I just did. Oh, it. really? Bombed, bombed every show. Seinfeld. That was a thing where you that's just. That's what you would say. And that would, nobody would go, oh, boy, this is what I'm, I'm killing it. Everybody loves me. <laughs> no, except one guy did that once. I forgot who it was. And he was scorned for actually just come out and saying, yeah, I'm doing really well. So had a great was, set. Well, that's yeah. an interesting bit of see. Now, there's a show business story. Yeah. Who knew that there were these traditions that, that, that are that are as as uh, um, uh, rich, rich, yeah, rich, rich sort of show business traditions like break a leg. You don't say have a great performance because that would be bad luck. You say break a leg. And then you have good luck or something like yeah. that, right? Well, then, of course, the Scottish play and, and the Scottish world. play and all these things. Yeah. And this is a whole tradition where you always send a postcard about how you sucked. I bombed. Yeah. It was terrible. They threw things at me. Yeah. A hepatitis from, from rotten <laughs> eggs. That, that yeah. and, and, um, and that's what everyone loved. They put it up in the bulletin board there. But then the one guy who just took it the wrong way and said and and that was scorned so and, and, uh, and we so, don't even know who that guy, uh, name is i can I guess but again you know with no, 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 but wars, i mean obscure I, is, is the point uh i think that uh if i went back i might but i at this moment i don't that know that man's it, name was jay leno what <laughs> what oh i mean no it wasn't it wasn't he no because he, he never by the rules but he was also yeah. a west coast comic Let's right he unfortunately people. uh wasn't there then i had i did yeah. work with him and that's the story for another time in uh, Virginia, well, we all uh, Virginia have Jay Beach. Leno stories. Yes, uh, uh, but we, and, uh, we may have a Jay Leno uh, show at some point. Yeah, and then Jay could maybe Jay Leno stories. Jay could hop on the line and uh, 
join us. Hey, fellas, that's well, nice someday, yeah. Scotty. Someday. Yeah. Yes. Well, we always like to leave, look to the future because that's yeah. what we do every day, Tommy. We cherish the present and we welcome the past as it helps it all guiding us towards the future. That's what it's all a Futurama progress land. Yes. Everything the 1964 World's Fair promised and hasn't delivered yet, but will. Oh, my gosh, Scotty. Uh, 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 I, I, <laughs> I'm getting choked up and, and it may be the smoke from the from the uh, fires out here, but <laughs> that could be, and that's why you should wear a mask. And Tommy, you know what I'm gonna do right now as we close yeah. this broadcast? Well, talk about getting choked up. I'm tearing now. I'm gonna go in the living room and leaf through the Sunday New York Times. Hey, oh hold that arts and leisure section for me. <laughs> for Scott, I am for, for getting through this. I am Scott Blakeman. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, and I'm always gonna be Tom Saunders. And yeah, we're getting through this. <laughs>